On this AV Week special, we look at some resignations at the CDA board, the new TO Ninja Orange Belt, plus TiVo is trying to integrate parts of Aereo. All that and more, next on an AV Week special. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like HD Base T. This is an AV Week special, Residential, Episode 2, recorded Monday, December 14th, 2015. Plays well with others. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. It is an AV Week special. My name is Tom Albright. I'm your host. This is our, our kind of our second shot at this. Uh, we're making a couple of uh, test runs at doing a residential-focused AV Week. Not quite sure what we're going to call it yet, but uh, here we go again. Uh, with us to talk about nothing but residential, uh, buddy and pal, for, uh, fellow comic book enthusiast, Mr. Todd Anthony Puma. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Tim. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also with us is Heather Sidorowitz. Uh, from upper, upper I almost said upper Boston, upper uh, Buffalo area. How are you, ma'am? I am great. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. A lot of us are, are enjoying, we were talking about this off the air, uh, very unseasonably warm weather. Uh, Heather's got 70, I've got 70. Uh, I'm not quite sure what, what Todd. Uh, Ted well. Green uh, also uh, is here with us from strategy.com. How are you, sir? Doing real well, yeah. I was out shopping for Christmas trees yesterday in 73 degrees and sunshine. It was a very weird experience. Do you have shorts on? But happy holidays to everybody. Happy Did you have shorts on, Ted? Say that again? I said, did you have shorts on? Yeah, I had definitely had short sleeve t-shirt on. Oh, there you go. All right, last but not least, here's, he's a newbie, uh, but I've, I've known him for a couple of years uh, by way of Mr. Matt Scott and hanging out at Cedia. His name is Stephen Brewer, um, Stephen uh, Bronner. Uh, he is from Pro Audio Georgia. How are you, sir? I'm doing outstanding. Happy to be here. You all get to see uh, what an office looks like after a grenade goes off. <laughs> well, no, it's it's just it, you're busy. It's a busy season for you. Um, I'll go with that. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I, that's, I keep telling my wife that. That's why my office looks like it does. All right, um, let's kick this off. Uh, nothing says more uh, residential than than CDA organizations. So uh, Ted actually has a story uh, about the quote unquote dysfunctional CDA board cited in resignation letter. Uh, Ted writes, "We reported to you last month in an unexpected development, best described as surprising. Two members of CDA's board of directors, Bob Brown and Richard Milson, abruptly resigned their positions within 24 hours of each other. Now." This comes along the same line at, at the same time that CD is having their election. Election ended on Friday. We're recording this on, on Monday, December 14th. The election ended Friday. None of us have gotten results yet. We probably won't know that for, for some time. Uh, Ted, since you wrote the story, we'll, we'll kick this off with you. Um, what do we think is going on uh, over in Indianapolis? 
Well, the first uh, the, the, I ran that first story about three weeks ago about the two directors uh, resigning within a day of each other, and at that time I had no idea what was going on. Since that time, and the the reason that I wrote this new story was I was able to view the uh, uh, resignation letter of one of those directors, and he enumerated about uh, four or five uh, major issues that. Uh, that um, were impacting the board, um, you know, I, I guess I'm going to call them allegations because I can't, uh, you know, really confirm any of these. It was a very challenging story to write. Uh, both sides of the situation uh, declined to work with me. I had to rely on alternative sources. Uh, took a lot of digging, but eventually came up with um, the, a copy of that letter. And, uh, you know, it, it was... Um, as it turned out, the uh, the resignations had nothing to do with the upcoming election. Um, it turned out to be that there, at least in terms of, of, of one of them, Bob Brown's resignation letter, that there were serious issues being discussed by the board that uh, had disagreements. And uh, I called the I called the reason for the separations irreconcilable differences. That's that's a good way to to to, to say to state it. Um, Heather, you're, you're a volunteer at, at CDO. What does this do? And, and, and I don't want you to talk specifically about those two people unless you feel comfortable, but just in general, having two members res resign at the same time that they're having elections, what does that do for the organization? You know, I, I'm, um, I'm their membership chair this year, and I have to say the trickle down is not felt at all. So I think that the board almost remains... Um, agnostic to the rest of the working members and volunteers. I've done some judging before as well, and I was the chair of that before. Um, but I've really never had a lot of interaction with the board to begin with, unless I knew them previously. So I think they almost, I, I don't know if it's because we're the, the size of our association of why there's that separation kind of between church and state, um, but it is there. So I I didn't even know this whole story until I was reading Ted's article, which was fantastic. It was, you know, wonderful and meaty. Um, so, yeah, I, I almost think that they keep it disconnected. Oh, okay. Uh, Stephen, as somebody who, who attends and, and has attended CDA for a long time, what does this do for you as an attendee and also as, as a member? Uh, absolutely nothing. I'll tell you, the, the board members are there. They, they sit policies, but they're more like kind of the Queen of England where they're like a figurehead. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time anything happened with me or my company or with the industry and it had anything to do with a board member at CE. Um, you know, these they're good for getting out there and getting the word out and maybe they're working behind the scenes and they're the unsung heroes, but I just, to be honest with you, I'm a CDA member. I've been a CDA member for years. I've never voted in a CDA election because I just don't see the point. So I know the two gentlemen, and um, I don't have any ill words or anything about any of them or any of the other board members. I think they're great people. I've met them. But to say that it has any effect on my business or as far as I can feel as a company owner, to say it has any effect on the industry, it I think that may be a stretch. Okay, interest, interesting. Uh, Todd, from your perspective, Stephen says, you know, it doesn't have really, especially the board doesn't have a whole lot of impact on the industry. Do you feel any impact from, from the board, or is it, like he said, just kind of a figurehead? Well, let's say, let's see what's going to happen. 
uh, this change can be good. Cedia is going through a major change at this point with Vincent Bruno taking head. Uh, and I believe that he's going to do a fantastic job based on what we spoke about and his plans are for Cedia. I'm excited to see what's going to happen now. We're talking about these two board members. I didn't know them well. But let's say that this can bring more change to our industry. This can bring better things to happen for our industry. Let's let's bring the excitement in this story and talk about, great, we're going to have two people that are going to take it, their position, and possibly maybe they will be the face. Maybe there will be change. Maybe they will be doing more for our companies, uh, Heather and myself, um, Stephen. And let's embrace this at this point, and let's, let's see what's going to happen. All right. Let's see what's going to yeah, happen. Tim, I if I can just add yeah. one comment. Um, what I've learned from my reporting is that there are three centers of, uh, of power or authority in, in, uh, in the CEDIA organization. There's the staff um, who are the day-to-day -day, um, you know, folks that are engaged in a myriad of activities on you know, uh, running the organization. Then there's the executive committee, which is a separate structure of uh, and which, I, if I'm not mistaken, is is assembled through appointment, and then there's the board of directors. Um, as Stephen said, for a long time, the board of directors was, you know, largely a ceremonial um, organization, um, but there has been some initiative from some of the members of the board uh, to make it a little more media, a little more functional, and I think some of what we're running into is uh, just separate powers kind of bumping into each other. I also had a uh, um, an off-the-record meeting with new CEO of In Bruno, and I don't think he would mind if I said. I, obviously, I, it was off the record, so I can't relay what we discussed. Um, but I, I share uh, some of Todd's um, um, you know optimism that you know he has uh, some great ideas for what he'd like to do. Uh, he is aware of some of the issues uh, that have been raised in this matter, uh, and we'll see. See where it goes, but just to, to just to leave a little bit of a cliffhanger, there is definitely more of this story to come out. Um, I am still digging in. Um, every time I run a story, um, I get lots of new sources who come forward with new information, and um, some of the issues that were raised in the Brown letter, um, you know, haven't been uh, fully addressed in the eyes of many of the members. So. You know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But um, you know, some of this could be growing pains. This organization has been around for a couple of decades now, and um, it's been you know run in essentially the same manner. So some of this could be growing pains as it looks to stage itself for that next level, uh, the future. Yeah, that that kid is what you call a tease. So, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Ted's website is strata-g.com. He didn't pay me to say that. He's just a nice guy, and you should read his stuff. So. Uh, GEE. Right. GEE, yes. Okay, so the next story we want to talk about is, is T.O. And God love T.O. They, they, they try an awful hard. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Heather. I'm going to end with, with Ted. And the main reason for this is, is, is I have two gentlemen who are passionately, passionately not in the T.O. camp. <laughs> We, we, so I'm going to kind of sandwich this here, all right? So Heather, so the story is TIO, is, uh, is TIO. if you don't know what that is, turn it on. It's, it's had a long history. It's, a, it's had some significant bumps and bruises. There were times where they were darn near out of business. Uh, a few years ago, I guess about a year ago or so, Anuva Automation uh, purchased them. Um, 
now they're developing this this training uh, course. They're calling it a Tiva or a Tio Ninja, uh, and now they have the Tio Ninja Orange Belt training module. Uh, Heather, we'll, we'll take this from from the business standpoint and from the uh, employee development standpoint. Having stuff like this, does it? What does that do when it comes to you guys making a decision? Which, uh, which control platform to go down um, when it comes to making sure that they have education? Um, I think that Tio, Tio has never really gotten off the ground. So I almost feel at this point they need a name change because they need mm. to come back to market as something new and fresh. But because we've seen them kind of hovering around for the last few years without successfully getting off the ground, I, as, a, as an owner, become hesitant because what has changed this time? Um, I think you have to come out strong from the gate. And something I've definitely learned the hard way is the training can be there till you're blue in the face. You can have the best training in the world, but if you don't have a product to back up that training, that's um, a company that... Uh, and... Um, when a problem goes wrong, you can't get that problem fixed. None of their engineers are stateside. They're all far, far away. Um, so I, I almost feel like TiVo, T, Tio, um, <laughs> they need to, they need to, they need a facelift. They need like a name change. I, I feel like they've hovered from the ground just too long for me to to jump in, no matter how good the training was. Okay. All right, uh, Mr. Puma. From your standpoint, I understand that that Todd is a is a big proponent of, of one particular control system. But from you know taking a look at it, even even from that position, taking a look at, at these guys, uh, this this training uh, module that they have coming up, what does that do uh, as far as a, a business decision? Listen, training is everything to every single business owner. Uh, getting you guys properly educated, um, implementing you know a new day to day structure. Uh, and just getting it done right. Um, but on Heather's standpoint is, you know, taking chances with manufacturers is not something that I'm willing on doing anymore. Um, TO has been around for a while. They haven't put a staple in this industry at this point, but I have to respect them for trying and can constantly keep them going back to market. Yeah, the facelift idea is great. Heather, you should talk to them about that because that's what <laughs> they should do is change their name and, you know, start from scratch again. Uh, you know, I took a plenty of chances before and that's what got me to Crestron is I tried every manufacturer and some worked great and some didn't work and some does some just didn't fit my clientele and at this point you know TO is not the solution for us and I would not at this point be uh, giving them a shot until I see something you know groundbreaking but does it have to be groundbreaking or does it just have to be stable it has to work yes it has okay. to be stable all right, Mr. Stephen. When uh, again, he has Stephen has a, a different point of view when it comes to control systems. Notice I'm not mentioning which ones, but he does definitely has a different point of view. Um, but look at this training. Look at look at what what at least they're trying to do. Um, does that do anything for you as a as a business owner when it comes to con con considering them? Well, first thing I want to say is, in order to be a real ninja, and have your sword, <laughs> a very nice sword there. You have to you have to already be trained. So I'm just saying that um, I'm, with, I'm with Todd on this one. Um, you know, all real gentlemen, uh, all integrators, including our wonderful lady integrators like Heather, we, we all have to depend on quality systems. 
systems that have backups, systems that whenever we have a problem, we can call someone and go, hey, what seems to be the problem here? And they have a good answer. Um, another, uh, another system like TO that's out there that we won't talk about is um, they, they've been at Cydia now for four years. And for the last four years, I've walked up and asked them the exact same question. If I have a device in my system and the code is not in your database, can I import that code? And for four years, they've been telling me no. And yet for all four years, they've been telling me how they're a viable control system. This is, these are little things. These are things that, you know, a lot of people don't think about, but you need to understand that in the field, everything's not a Samsung TV with a Samsung Blu-ray player and a, you know, uh, Marantz receiver. Sometimes we run into crazy stuff in the field. So training is important. Training is always viable. Training is always something that you have to do. I tell people that I mentor, you have to train, you have to understand. As a matter of fact, all employees of my company are required to read just about everything Mr. Puma and Heather put out. And uh, they're all required to read all of our industry magazines every month because one of our claims to fame is we're the most educated company you'll deal with. So because of that, training is important to us, but all the training in the world doesn't offset a product that just doesn't make the cut. It, you have to put out a product that's supportable. You have to put out a product that's consistent. And if you're constantly rebadging, rebranding, being bought by this company, being bought by another company, um, <clears throat> Colorado BNet. So if you're constantly <laughs> being bought by other companies and things are changing around, that doesn't give me a sense of security. So once again, I say to all true ninjas, be trained in your way. Okay. <laughs> Real quick, though. I think I still have some of that product you mentioned in my basement. Um, <laughs> you you mentioned the ability to to add your own code. That's not just that's not just support and everything. It's also a, a feature, right? It's a function of, of the system itself. And, and somebody who came from the world of programming. I totally get it, right? That is that right there. The ability to insert your own code, whether I don't care which which version it is, I don't care if it's Java or if it's it's C plus or if it's just regular hex. You have to be able to do that, right? Yeah. If you can't take a product and make it work the way you want it to work, you know, it's it's like if everything has to fall in their sandbox. Uh, if you have to play the way they say you have to play. That doesn't work. That's what makes these other control systems, whether you like Crestron or RTI or AMX or many other systems, the thing about those systems that make them more powerful or less powerful than their competitors is how customizable is it? Can you import your own code? Can you make the system work the way the client wants it to, or does the system have to work the way the engineer designed it to? And that is, that is critical. Yeah. Does it play well with others? Exactly. Yeah, does it play well with others? Uh, Mr. Green, from your standpoint, um, I, one of the things that, that I was actually kind of excited about when Anuva did buy them because I was a little sketchy on, on the, the previous, um, I guess, management of it is, is the best way to put it. Um, I think at one point I, I brought up the, the point that Todd said about, you know, I, I don't really, I'm not crazy about um, going after uh, new un, untested waters, and, and the comment I got back was, what do you have to lose? So I was like, well, the thousand dollars is one. Your business. Yeah, your business. Uh, so, so Ted, from a, from your standpoint, uh, you've talked with a lot of these folks. Does this does this whole you know orange uh, orange belt ninja thing make sense? Okay, so first of all, Heather, another name change: Colorado VNet, Three VNet, Automated Control Technology Partners, 
T.O. They've already had four names. I don't know if another name change is going to help them. True. They are definitely a victim of a troubled history. However, and let me, let me by the way, let me just say for full disclosure, uh, Anuva Automation and T.O. is a uh, recently became a sponsor of my website and newsletter. Oh, very good. Um, but as you know, Tim, I've been following them um, actually through all of those iterations I just mentioned. I've been yep. following them from their Colorado VNet days. Um, everybody's comments here, I think, are absolutely spot on. However, I do think the world changed last year when Automated Control Technology Partners, the parent of TO, was purchased by Anuva Automation. Uh, Anuva is a relatively large and very stable manufacturing company. Um, appears to be, I obviously haven't seen their financials, but appears to be very stable. They've invested a lot of money, and I think we've seen in the last six months probably the greatest stability from that company that you've ever seen. So that's point number one. Point number two, uh, again, with all due respect to the, uh, my colleagues here on this, uh, in this webinar, uh, uh, the, the fact is that um, TO is not, um, you can't use the same uh, uh, grade of judgment with a TO as you do with a Crestron or an AMX. Um, you know, the, 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 the industry is a, a wide panoply of options. You have everything from sort of the dedicated hardware uh, custom uh, code um, uh, companies, uh, Crestron's AMX, to the uh, all software driven home automation via HomeKit, still yet coming from HomeKit and Android and some of the other options that are out there. And at the center of those two universes is TO. This is what fascinates me about TO. Now, by the way, I don't know if they're going to make it or not, but the concept is a very interesting concept. I can buy into what they're doing strategically. And, um, you know, essentially what they're doing is trying to have, um, you know, very simple to operate. They started from the consumer and worked backwards to design the system to make it as simple to operate as possible. Now, I also think it's fascinating to me that a company offering one of the simplest systems out there recognized that at the same time, because of the uniqueness of their design, their hardware and software design, that from day one they had to have training. I think that's the really the point of the ninja training. Um, you know, the choice of the word ninja, you know, what can I say? I don't know. But the fact is um, that they hired uh, Helen Henneveld, who is very well known in the training world, and, um, and had her design um, a largely online curriculum um, that, uh, you know, is uh, – you know, I mean, I haven't gone through all the steps myself, but I, as as I understand it, a very very solid training mechanism for somebody that is not really DIY, but is also not really captured system. It's pretty, uh, in some ways, innovative that they recognize their uh, commitment to the market to build in the training to go along with the system. So we'll have to see where it goes. Uh, it's a different animal. Um, you know, when you try to charge down a new path. Nobody knows if you've uh, found, um, you know, the road to new wealth, or um, you know, you're on your way off a cliff. You know, that has to that has to be developed as they uh, as they go over time. But it's a very interesting company. Um, they have new stability. We'll have to see how it plays out. All right, very good. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of interested because of the whole the, the financial makeup of Anuva, right? Was it last year? Right, it was actually right after Cedia last year that Anuva took over. Um, because it was at Cedia 2014, <laughs> was when it was still kind of, oh, I don't know, touch and go <laughs> is the best way to put it. 
Um, Fair so, to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, last story here, and then we'll wrap it up and let you guys get on your way. Uh, TiVo, not to be confused with Tio, and I probably should have separated the stories if I was, you know, somewhat intelligent this Monday morning. Um, TiVo is trying to do something that is in the spirit of Arrow. If you're not familiar with what Arrow was, Arrow was an over-the-air. Uh, you, you you were able to pick up over-the-air uh, broadcast um, over the internet and over your smart devices. Uh, they took the uh, the the over-the-air broadcasters through them. The, they took them to court, uh, back and back and back. Finally, ended up at the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court, uh, because it's made of, you know, anyhow, the Supreme Court um, sided with the the broadcasters and said Arrow was violating copyright. Anyhow, even though it's exactly what the cable companies did 50 years ago, and anyhow, um, <clears throat> not that I have an opinion on this in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> but TiVo is trying to do the same thing, right? Uh, they're they're they've purchased um, a lot of Eros assets already, and they're trying to to kind of I, I guess make this their own thing as well. It'd be interesting interesting to see how they how they come down with this. Um, Todd, we're going to kick this off with you. Is there is there place in the market for a, a service like Arrow, and, and whether it's coupled with TiVo or whether it's um, you know, a standalone system or what have you. Is it? Does this make sense for the home market, or are they are they just kind of barking up the wrong tree? It's it's to me, it's all about stability again. Like we kind of talked about, uh, To, um, is this this a question? I'm going to ask a question on this. Is this something similar to like what Apple's trying to do right now with the apps and getting HBO on the go built in, and you know, CBS, Fox, uh, and giving the customers only what they want? versus giving them uh, a whole, every single cable channel that they won't even watch 60% of it. They're only watching a small percentage of the cable channels. So if, it, if it's, I'll answer it the best I can. If, it, if they're doing it like Arrow did it, it's over-the-air stuff, right? You're, you're not looking for HBO or ESPN. Uh, you know, if you're in St. Louis, you're looking for, you know, or any market, you're looking for the CBS affiliate in your local market. You're looking for the ABC, the the the, the uh, um, NBC, uh, the Fox affiliates in your market. And and they do a lot of geotagging and making sure that you're not trying to um, circumvent the rules. And like me watching KTLA, right? Uh, since I'm in St. Louis, I wouldn't have access to that. So that would does that answer your question? Okay. Yeah. Uh, then I wouldn't see it being a value to my market or to my clients at this point. Um, I would just have to see how that plays out. I'm still uh, skeptical, and I don't know enough about it to answer that question. Mm. Ted, one of the one of the manufacturers I was surprised to see at at Cedia was TiVo. Uh, they had a couple of interesting things. They're offering uh, dealerships to to folks who who serve the the residential market. Does this plan make make a whole lot of sense to them, or for them? You know, so so you know, Aereo was the ultimate technology disruptor, mm. and or not technology disruptor, market disruptor. In this case, the absolute stranglehold that cable companies have on the market. Aereo was a way to deliver people what they want um, through a what appeared to be a very unique little hole in the legal structure. Uh, that should have allowed them to do it. They are essentially a content aggregator taking free over-the-air broadcasts, packaging it, making it, um, facilitating making it easy to access for anybody on the Internet. They're sort of a content aggregator, and um, they had a lot of support. They had a lot of people that uh, 
to Todd's point that we're really looking for a way to have what content they wanted when they wanted it um, and the, you know the the moneyed interests of the big cable companies were able to um, you know um, quash it um, by taking them all the way to the Supreme Court now what happens with a, a TiVo uh, uh, you know sort of the, this is all you know this could go one of two ways this could be you know akin to Ford Motor Company buying Jaguar which many people thought that was the end of Jaguar because Ford Motor Company is this big corporate conglomerate um, very buttoned down you know and, and, and Jaguar which I'm not a Jaguar fan necessarily but you know had a specialty reputation and uh, engineering driven and um, so if it's a scenario like that it's hard to see where this is this is gonna go but at the same time TiVo themselves was also was a disruptor at one point so it kinda depends on what TiVo's thinking to do with it I'm very intrigued by this story and I don't know if TiVo's got enough clout um, to either address the legal ramifications of this or to make minor adjustments to keep part of what what area was all about and, and still be able to back into operation or whether there's maybe there's a technology backbone here I don't know but maybe there's a technology back that they're trying to get uh, you know uh, access to to use in the regular TiVo network I'm not exactly sure where they're going with it, but it's intriguing. Well, and it's a TBD. Thing, yeah, TBD. Uh -huh. Yeah, to be determined. One of the you mentioned, uh, TiVo used to be a disruptor. One of the things is they have in their back pocket. They've been down that road before, right? Right. Arrow obviously right. Has, had lost on that road. TiVo went down that road, and they and legally they won. They they were able to correct to stay in business. Uh, Stephen, from your point of view, does this make a whole lot of sense for your your clientele? So not really. Uh, I'm with Puma on this one. The 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 idea that you're going to take a free service, kind of bundle it up, and send it to people was great when Aereo came out. Uh, it really was. But now with all the streaming services already available online, um, I'll give you a, a really good example. Um, you know, our friend Matt Scott wanted to watch Selection Day for college football playoffs. And he couldn't because he couldn't get it in Canada. And I informed him that all he needed was to log into my sling box and he could get it. Uh, that kind of thing is available to anyone, anywhere. Um, you know, you have services out there like Cody, uh, for, uh, based off the XBMC platform, where you can get uh, TV shows from all over the place for free. You can get movies. You can get whatever. Aereo was great when it first came out, but to say that it's a game changer or anything now, I think is a stretch. And I think this goes back to usability. Um, you're, you're putting in a box that it's like the smart features in TVs now. If we try to control those smart features and get the audio back to our system, and it's very cumbersome. It, it, it can be quite a pain, and most integrators actually turn that stuff off. They tell their client, no, if you want to use Netflix, use it through your Blu-ray player or use it through your Apple TV or use it this way. So I think that if TiVo builds Aereo into their boxes, then all you have is just a TiVo box with access to a couple more TV shows. Um, I don't know if they're going to do anything with it. I don't know if it's a good power move. I think that it was a financial decision that made a lot of sense four or five years ago. But um, I am in the to-be-determined category as well, but I'm definitely leaning towards it doesn't have an effect purely because we have no way to integrate it, no way to control it. And our clients, no matter how much they want a product, if it's not easy to use, they don't want any part of it. No, and that's, that's valid there. 
All right, Heather, you'll have the last word on this. Does this either make sense for, for you, your clients, or, or just, you know, you and the husband at home? So when I uh, read the story, I wrote TiVo plus Aereo equals perfect match. So apparently <laughs> I'm on the uh, other end of the gentleman. Um, I th think that as a mass market piece, this could be quite valuable to the cord cutters. It could be a cord cutter's dream. I think that they can make it simple. I mean, for the same reason, the iPhone goes to everybody who wants simple and an Android tends to go to anyone who wants more usability, more, you know, so, so I can see how that doesn't make sense for Puma's market, but I think as a mass market piece, it could it could be extremely valuable because now I can watch my 247, 2949, my ABC, my NBC, have it there alongside my Netflix or Hulu um, in an easy to understand user, a, you know, if it has a good interface, it can make a big difference. Um, you know, everybody knows the name TiVo. TiVo, it's like we call tissues, we call them Kleenex because one yep. company came and, and they were, the, everybody, you know, it was on Sex and the City 10 years ago. It was, it was all over the place. People, if you say TiVo to anyone at a dinner party, they'll know what you're talking about. So they have that stronghold already. And if they have the money to be able to back that up and to come to market with that cord cutting device that can make everything simple, I think they could be spot on and do very well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I was kind of excited about it. I was, like I said, I went by the, the TiVo booth. I was very excited. I had a TiVo. 10 years ago now, probably a little bit more than that, and I, I was excited about some of the new inventions they had, and then I saw this story, and I'm like, well, wow, they're they're really coming kind of strong. It'll be interesting, um, kind of what they what they uh, what they come down with. So, all right, guys, uh, that is going to do it. Uh, Mr. Ted Green, thank you, sir. Okay, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And where, how can people find you or Strategy? Uh, please visit online uh, strategy.com, S-T-R-A-T-A dash or hyphen G-E-E dot com. All right, Miss Dorowitz, thank you, madam. Absolutely, happy to be here. And where can people find you? I am on Twitter at tech underscore chi, C-H-I. Um, you can find me on residential systems, blogging about or musing about my everyday craziness of the resi world. Um, and company site is uh, southtownav.com. Right, very good. Stephen, thank you, sir. You did good on your, on your first one, and, and if you're watching the video, you get to see Stephen in his little elf hat now. <laughs> that so. is correct. I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy Holidays to those of you out there that are watching. I hope everybody enjoyed this. I did. I had a blast. I always like talking to you guys. I, it's, an, it's fun to me to talk to people that I'm watching your videos all the time, and with Puma and Heather, I'm constantly reading your content, so I always enjoy talking with you guys, interacting with you, because you're you literally help me train my staff. So I appreciate being part of the crew. Yeah, that might be a little bit scary there, Steve. <laughs> uh, it, it can be from time to time. How how can people find you if they want to, whether that's Twitter or your website or what have you? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at proaudio underscore ga, and my uh, website is proaudiogeorgia.com. And uh, it's, I'm easy to find. All right, very good. All right, last but not least, Mr. Puma, sir, thank you. Thank you so much, Tim, for having me, man. And this how, is great. How can people get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter at Todd Anthony Puma, or you can find me at www.thesourcehometheater.com, as well with Heather and residentialsystems.com, blogging about everything and anything and crush on every single second, which I'm. <laughs> 
I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop doing it. I promise. I promise. Yeah, at least a month. <laughs> at least in a month. Yeah. No, you're not. I'm yeah, not. You're right. He's not. You're not. You're no. going to. Uh, <laughs> my, my name is Tom Albright. Don't follow me. Uh, at this point, I'm, I'm grousing about the uh, the Bears season. Uh, the Chicago Bears, not the UCLA Bruins or the, the Cal State Bears, but the Chicago Bears in, the, in their horrible season. Uh, but go by the website if you would, please. An awful lot of people put an awful lot of time and work into it. Uh, I was not one of them, but but they're from talented folks. Uh, Matt Scott, our, our buddy from, from London, Ontario, is one of them. Avianation.tv, Avianation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Our, our weekly uh, commercial AV is called AV Week. We do that every Friday. Starting next year, we'll be doing this this edition of it um, sometime during the week. I'm still not quite sure when. Um, Mondays seems to be working out for for the the first two shows, so that might that might be kind of where this lands. So, uh, kind of keep on the radar for that. Uh, this Friday is our last our last live episode. Next two weeks, uh, we're uh, we're doing some special editions of that, and then coming right back first of the year. So, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been an AV Week special. Oh, 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 o